Two questions can go together today as we look at um, the solemnity of the Holy Trinity. Who is God and what does true love look like? First off, how do we know that God is a Trinity? That He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three divine persons in one, one God. It's something that we can only know because Jesus Christ Himself taught us that. Right? So we, there are certain things that we can reason ourselves to, the fact that God truly exists, but revelation has as its core that there are certain things we can only know about God because God Himself tells us. And Jesus Christ descended as God in the flesh to reveal to us who God is in His essence. And that's why He tells us that He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But I think there's also another way that we can come to understand exactly who God is, which is by looking at the human person. Because as human beings, we're created in the image and likeness of God, right? So if God is a Trinitarian being, a being of communion, then that'll be expressed in who we are as individuals. You know, there's a story about an experiment that was done in the Soviet Union. It's kind of a sad one, but it makes the point. In the Soviet Union, there was all these orphanages that came up and a lot of children that were being born with no parents. And so they put all these newborn babies into different orphanages. And one thing that, the, that they did at one of the nurses' uh, stations, what they said, give them, all the children here, all their physical needs. Give them food, give them shelter, give them sleep, protection, but don't show them any love. Don't show them affection. Don't coddle them. Don't play with them. Don't rock with them. Just give them the physical needs that they have. And what do you think happened? Many of them actually ended up dying. The children couldn't survive. And the same thing happened with, um, even in our modern day, in orphanages where there's an overpopulation, there's a 30 to 40% mortality rate, actually. And it goes to show that physical sustenance isn't enough to allow a, children to, a child to survive. Which is really weird if we're just biological creatures, right? That should be sufficient. But why is that? Well, it's because we come from a God who is love. And love is so essential to our nature as human beings that we can't survive without it. We have to experience love in order to develop. God the Father, he once said to St. Catherine of Siena, she's one of the greatest women mystics in the church, he said to her that the soul cannot live without love. She always wants to love something because love is the very stuff that the soul is made of. And through love, I created her. So that's why babies can't live without it. That's why when relationships break up in our life, we're even tempted, we say, what, what's the point of even living anymore? We know intrinsically within our own hearts that if we lose love in our life, then the meaning of our life, our existence, begins to, to fade. But this is kind of the, the drama of life, because we know we're made for love, we feel that, but so often the relationships that we experience in life fall short of expectations. So it's the very people that we love the most in life that can end up breaking our hearts and making us feel empty. This is the great drama. I was just hearing a song the other, the other day. It was called, Love Told a Lie. 
You know, love told me that I could save you. Love told me that I could change you. Love told me that our relationship would make me complete. But love lied to me. You know, so they talk about parents divorcing, un- infidelity, or I love you and while well, you love somebody else, and the whole triangle that goes on. Saint, uh, not Saint um, Shakespeare, not yet. Shakespeare lamented in Midsummer's Night's Dream. He once said, I, me, for everything that I've ever read, could ever hear by Taylor history, the course of true love never did run smooth. Saying, for everything I've ever read, for every tale I've ever heard, all the history that I've ever, that I've ever known, no course of true love has ever run smooth. So the question can become for us, what happens when the love in our life fails us? When certain relationships fall short? Well, we're tempted to go as Trinitarian beings who are made for community, who are made to develop in relationship with other people. We're tempted to actually deny that part of ourselves and become solitary beings. Now you think about it, you know that game where you stand up on a table and you have to fall backwards and trust that people are going to catch you? That whole thing. I never liked doing that because my friends were behind me and I knew that they would let me fall just for the fun of it. But we were told a story about one of the men there who was leading it. He said when he was a boy, his father took him out in the backyard and his parents had split up and he, his father went through a really troubled life himself. But his father said, stand up on this table. I'm gonna have you, I want you to fall backwards. I'm going to catch you. And so as a boy, he did this. And he stood up there and he fell backwards. And the father let him fall. He didn't catch him. And the father looked at him and said, that's to teach you to never trust anybody to save you in this life. You have to get through it on your own. It's pretty sad, right? And he, said, told, he kind of shared this story about how he really had to fight to trust in his life. Because the same thing can happen to our hearts, right? The more we put our hearts in other people's hands and they drop it, what's the temptation? To keep it safe to close off, to protect ourselves. But at what cost, right? Because there's nothing in this world that makes us more vulnerable than love. Vulnerable comes from the Latin vulnus, means able to be wounded. So nothing makes us more capable of being hurt than being in love. And when we do get wounded in love, just like if you're in a sword fight or whatever, if someone cuts you, what do you do to to protect yourself. You guard it. You know, you huddle over. You fall into yourself. Well, that's our temptation in life. As Trinitarian beings made in the image of God, made for communion, that's why the most perfect reflection of the Trinity is a man and a woman united in matrimony because out of their love for one another, what happens? New life comes forth. It's a reflection of the Holy Trinity. The the love between the Father and the Son brings forth new life in the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're made for. That's why the family unit is the center of who we are. But the temptation in life is to experience the traumas of love because on this side of paradise, our hearts are broken easily. And in response to that, we close up on ourselves and we protect our hearts. 
It's no coincidence that in our time where it's a sad fact, but we see more divorces in our time than in the history of the world. There's no other time in the history, in written history, where we find divorce rates at a higher, higher level. And at the same time, with all the movies and the reality shows that have disillusioned any hope and true love in this life, well, what's happening? The youth in our time are taking refuge in cyberspace, in a virtual reality. It's called the Peter Pan syndrome. Everyone, anyone know, everyone knows what Peter Pan is, right? He's, he lived in Neverland. He's the king of who? The Lost Boys. And who's his girlfriend? Tinkerbell, who's a fairy. This story was actually written as a warning of trying to escape from the reality of life because of the vulnerabilities of existence. So it's kind of like, you think about it this way, you choose to live in the Neverland of the Internet. Right, the unreal. You become the king of the Lost Boys, the king of YouTube, the king of Fortnite, of video games. Right, and your girlfriend is the fairy of the chat rooms. You know, it's like you you substitute real, authentic human intimacy for something through a computer that leaves you only empty in the end. Right, you were not made for that. It's like you. So many youth, because we've been trained to connect through a screen which you never actually have to see someone else's eyes to do that, right? And so a lot of young people, I'll, I'll talk to them all the time, they'll tell me it's, it's really hard because I'll ask a girl out, we'll get along great over text messages, and then we'll go on a date and we'll just both sit there with our eyes glued on our phones. And it's like, why is that? And one guy actually asked me, like, very honestly, why do I always, I can't look at them? It's like, well, you're not used to receiving the eyes of another that's very vulnerable. Right? And so the less we learn how to be in relationship with others, the more we actually deny our very the proper development of our being by closing off into ourselves. I think we can ask, where was the Trinity revealed in essence? Where was the true face of God revealed to us as Christians, as Catholics? It's from the cross. Jesus Christ hanging on the cross is a double revelation. It's a revelation of who God is, the one who empties himself out in love. But it's also a revelation of what true love looks like. It's like one woman I was speaking with in her marriage, she, we were in the church and she just, I was talking to her about the beauties of human love and whatnot. And she goes, Father, do you really want to know what, what marriage is like? And she pointed at the cross and she goes, that's what it's like. Because you constantly have to die to yourself for the one you love. It's a sacrifice, right? And so Jesus was teaching us that even God, so in the Trinity, from all eternity, it's perfect gift and perfect reception. The Father pours Himself into the Son. The Son receives the being of the Father and He offers Himself back through the Holy Spirit. And that's what love is. That's what we long for. It's like we go with an expectation. True relationships mean I give to you and you give to me. It's a two-way street. We share each other's being. It's a total gift of self. 
And the second that we give ourselves to the other and they don't reciprocate, what do we say? You sinned. That's not right. That's not the rules of love. And we don't even have to be told that. We know that within ourselves. And so when even God, who has that perfect relationship of love in eternity, when He came to the world into this exile in which we live, what did love have to look like? It became the cross. It became vulnerable. It became, I empty myself out. I allow myself to be wounded for love of you. And that's why Jesus' last commandment to us was, you must love one another as I have loved you. In other words, the way that we ourselves become, once again, like the image of God, because ever since our original sin, was we took the gifts of God and we hoarded it for ourselves. Possession. It's a complete opposite of true love, of true sharing. It's taking what I've received and closing in on it. And we do that to protect ourselves. So true love is once again entering into the gift of communion, which must be vulnerable. And to be vulnerable means what? Able to be wounded. And the promise of Christ was never that if you love, you might get wounded. It's you will be. That's why we have to come to Mass over and over again to look upon the crucified one. The Christ who is wounded in His relationship with us. So that we ourselves can go back into the relationship with our own families. And enter into that wounded love again. And I just talked to a girl on my way here who, well, right before I came here, who was crying because it's Father's Day and the last place she wanted to be was with her father because her father abandoned them when she was a little girl. And she goes, but I can't, it's so hard for me because the more I deny him, the more I'm alone. But I know that it's going to hurt me to go back into relationship with him. That's the choice you got to make. Do I allow the failings of the people who I loved in my life to keep me in solitary confinement? Or do I choose to enter back into that relationship to keep my heart open, to put my heart in their hands once again, even though it might be pierced? It's a question of life. It's a question we have to go through all the time because every single one of us has been hurt by love. And we can't do it on our own. That's why the more that our world turns away from God, turns away from Christ, what happens to our relationships? They fragment. Because the second we get hurt, all we do is we fall into ourselves. It's like I'm never giving my heart out again. No one's ever going to hurt me again. But it's a complete opposite. And this is what this, little, this girl was telling me. The more I look at Christ, the more I feel called to go see my father again, to enter into that relationship again. Because Christ doesn't just say, keep loving everyone as I have loved you, but he gives us the power to do that. And this is what I'll end with. Every single time we come to the Mass, he's not just telling us this is what you should do. He empowers us to do it because we can't do it on our own. The only thing we know how to do is protect ourselves. That's it. Self-preservation is the way of human life. But when 
We pray to the Father through the Holy Spirit that He would transform bread and wine into the very body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in our midst. When we receive His body, blood, soul, and divinity within ourselves in His most fragile form, God still desires to come to us here and He comes in the most vulnerable form he could ever, we could ever imagine. Form of bread and wine. Can you believe that? And the more we recognize that, the more we recognize the vulnerability of God and that He Himself gives Himself to us in that form, then He empowers us to go back into the relationships in our life, especially the broken ones, and love with that same self-offering vulnerability. And that's what it means to carry out our own being in the image of the Holy Trinity. That's what true love looks like.